Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode six, can it be already, of the magical wonder goodness that is... That's what she said. I'm Kristen Kelp, founder of Brain Camp, and I still have a little cold, so bear with me as we talk about introverts and marketing and selling and being a flavor and what that means to uh, you quiet folks out there. So I'm a total introvert, 100,000%, and so I wanted to talk to other introverts today about what it means um, to do your work in the world in a really quiet way. And if you're an extrovert, you're still welcome to listen. This stuff still applies. It's still really helpful and really useful. It's also really introspective, and so it might make you uncomfortable, but it's still totally freaking worth listening to. Cool, so how to be a flavor. Your marketing genius starts here. I just got so excited I clapped my hands in case you heard it. (laughs) Imagine that I visit your website this afternoon. Now, imagine that I have all of your internet passwords. I switch out your business name and logo, replace your bio photo with a stock image, and upload the whole shebang to a new URL. Would it be terribly, horribly obvious that I'd ripped you off? Would it be incredibly evident because your words, your products, and your design elements are so distinctive? Or would I get away with it because it's all so vanilla? Would I be able to launch an entirely believable copycat business in a few hours? Vanilla is the enemy. Vanilla does what everyone else is doing and says what everyone else is saying. Vanilla blogs about generic topics a few times a month because it has to, not because it has anything to actually communicate. Vanilla hides quirky bits behind layers of fancy trimmings. Vanilla doesn't want you to hit the buy button quite yet because vanilla isn't sold on the value of the product either. Vanilla doesn't swear, doesn't have any pronounced beliefs, isn't too vibrant or controversial or likely to admit to watching reality TV. Vanilla would never write an opinion without the qualifier, I think, scrawled before it. Vanilla pins all day, looking for inspiration, but isn't actually inspired. Vanilla pretends to give a shit about marketing, but really wants to be left alone to do her work. Only, Vanilla loves her work. She doesn't put that anywhere on her website, nor does she share that love with her clients. Vanilla's love is guarded and is only available to a select few. Vanilla follows the rules or gives up and puts the most boring website possible online, promising to fix it later. Vanilla is the enemy. To 
today, we'll be working on bringing your flavor of entrepreneurship to life. Maybe your strawberry rhubarb. Maybe your salted caramel or chocolate marshmallow or moose tracks. Maybe you prefer a nice fruity pebble topping or you can't live without rainbow sprinkles on everything. Only you've consistently been hiding or toning down your flavor. It's only by expressing your flavor that others can be attracted to it. Until you come out as a marshmallow mooseberry, people aren't naturally going to jump up and down with love for it because you aren't giving them a reason to go wild for a flavor. They don't even know it exists yet. We're going to get incredibly specific regarding bringing your flavor to life as I talk very quickly so we can get as much squeezed into 15 minutes as possible. But first, we need to lay some groundwork. It's like baking the cake before we add your secret icing recipe. Your first and best flavor is just plain human. Not in the cannibalistic sense, no one wants human flavored ice cream, but in the being alive and not pretending you're a corporate drone sense. To get the human flavor happening in your business, lickety split, I'll need you to do three things. Human flavor maker number one, make sure your bio is written in the first person. Use of the third person in your bio, in your bio adds distance. It feels like you're holding the reader at arm's length, forbidding them from getting any closer to your business. We want peeps to get closer in order for them to buy stuff. In practical terms, this means nixing, quote, Kristen is a golden goddess among writers and is known internationally for her successful ability to eat ice cream at all hours of the day and night, versus saying, hi, I'm Kristen, a writer and ice cream lover. It's going to go miles further in endearing me to my clients as a fellow human being. So as a note, change all he's or she's referring to you to I. Do your best to avoid referring to yourself in the third person. There's that whole Seinfeld episode about this if you don't know why it's creepy, but I hope you do. Okay. Human flavor maker number two, get rid of the royal we. If you're a one-person show or a one-man band, there is no shame in sharing your solo status with the world. Pretending you've got an army of employees or coworkers when you're working all by yourself does no one an ounce of good. Claim your solo status because it's freaking badass. So to do, troll your website and marketing materials for any inappropriate uses of the words we or our. As in, at Kathy Cogswell's very solo writing services, we love dogs. And our philosophy here at Betsy Bumpkin's Inherently Solo Shop is to serve customers with enthusiasm. Get rid of the we. That's number two. Number three, wherever possible, write the way you speak. If you would never utter the words thus or shall or vegan friendly or thought leader in your daily speech, don't bust them out for your website visitors. In fact, don't use the word thought leader to describe yourself ever for any reason, even if Oprah calls you one. You may quote Oprah, you may not call yourself one, okay? The same goes for using trendy language if you avoid it like the plague, like totes, like for realsies. Don't fucking do it if it's not you. When your friends read your writing, it should feel as if you're speaking to them. It shouldn't feel colder, more distant, or more formal, though it may involve a much lower swear word to regular word ratio. I totally get that. Let me repeat, using cold, distance-making words doesn't sound more like your quote-unquote professional voice, it just sounds like you don't like your customers. Be the same version of you, online and off, and the world will thank you for it profusely. Same goes for using any jargon that regular people don't understand. You start talking about tweaking my UI for maximum conversion, and I want to start tweaking your face with my roundhouse kick. 
So to do, begin a concerted effort to write like you speak. You can make significant progress on this front by recording your blog posts, emails, or website copy bits and pieces on your phone, then listening to them before you write them down. You'll immediately be able to pick out the words or phrases that don't sound like you. You might also come up with a new way to talk about what you're describing or find the extraneous bits and take them out with no problem. Each time you break out the recording device and talk away, you are on your way to finding your writing voice and your human flavor. Okay, so I'm seriously reconsidering using the words human flavor as a descriptor, but you know what I mean. We're all human, but our humanity doesn't always come across in our businesses. Your human flavor means that instead of defaulting to quote-unquote professional and standoffish language, you can act and sound just like you, which I promise is what your customers want. Being able to write the way you speak is a lifelong process. I've been at this writing thing for about 15 years now, and it is still a challenge to come off as clearly as I'd like, saying what I'd say face-to-face when I'm putting pen to paper. I most often forget to make a joke, to lighten up, to tell a story to illustrate my point, which is what I would do in the real world if we were chatting. Writing for the online world is brief, and it doesn't allow for rambling stories, but they're often the best parts of conversation you have with your fellow humans. So don't be afraid to tell a story. Don't be afraid to take us on an adventure. And for God's sake, don't follow the rules, including mine. Now, how to be your own distinctive flavor. Be a flavor rule number one, like stuff. Any stuff, stupid stuff, embarrassing stuff, petty stuff, guilty pleasure stuff, political stuff, religious stuff, hipster stuff, quirky stuff, funny stuff, nerdy stuff, geeky stuff, pretty stuff, new stuff, you stuff, just like stuff. You already know what you like, but you probably haven't made a habit of sharing your likes with the world. I mean, I know you've filled out those obligatory slots on Facebook for movies and music you like, but you haven't explained the ways your love of Wes Anderson movies affects the color palette for your interior design clients, or that your undying love of Stephen King means you've never actually stayed in a motel, lest it turn out to be Bates Motel. Sharing the stuff you like brings people closer to you or pushes them away. If you tell me you spend one day a week getting your mani-pedi updated, caring for your lash extensions, shopping for your new Christiane Louboutins, and eyeing up the latest runway looks on fashion blogs, I can assure you that we shouldn't work together. Not that you're a bad human or anything like that, just we do not mesh at a deep level. Your likes are a window into what you truly value. Without having to say, I value my physical appearance and wouldn't hesitate to get plastic surgery if a situation required it, your likes have spoken for you. I'm not as into maintaining my looks. It's not good, it's not bad, we're just not a flavor match, and I'm never going to get Botox. So when it comes to likes, these are the questions to ask yourself. Pause and write in between, pretty please. What would you walk a mile to eat, see, or interact with? Two miles? Ten miles? If you could have only one recreational activity for the coming year, what would you choose? Which shows or songs clog your phone and make it slow down or act funky? Which topic could you talk about for hours and hours, even with a complete stranger? What fascinates you? What would you like to learn more about? Those also showed up in episode five. So if you would like to listen to That's What She Said, episode five, do that now or at the end of this. 
So I know it's easy to skip those questions or to promise that you're going to listen later, but just answer them now. What do you really like that nobody knows based on reading your website or your blog? That's some stuff. Like, do share. Be a flavor rule number two, dislike stuff. If you are anything like me, you have stuff that drives you absolutely insane. I tend to have strong opinions, but holy hell do I lose my shit when people stop in the aisles of grocery stores and block the traffic of everyone in the store with their carts, or drivers are too busy texting to follow traffic laws, or customers are rude to perfectly kind waitresses, or people get really, really specific with their questions about food at a restaurant. Uh-huh. Was it grass-fed? On a hill? Does this side of beef have a name? Was Gertrude petted each night before bed? Did anyone read her a bedtime story? Does she taste better with the Alfredo sauce or the pesto? Most of my dislikes have to do with having respect for those around you on a consistent basis. If you are the type of person who blocks aisles, texts constantly, berates waitresses, and asks 15 questions about a meal before you eat it, these dislikes will push you away. If we're like-minded, you'll come closer and pull up a chair at my table. Some questions for mining your dislikes. Again, pause and scribble, please. What frustrates you on a regular basis? What makes you crazy about your industry or within your industry? Which of your colleagues' behaviors makes you cringe? What do you wish your industry would do differently? What do you wish humanity would do differently? If you could change just one thing about life on Earth, what would you change? Now, when it comes to being a flavor, there are more rules, like sharing your quirks and telling embarrassing stories and all sorts of things. But we're officially out of time for all of that, so I want you to head to brandcampblog.com slash work slash sample which will be in the program notes and will also appear via magical text link in your phone at this very moment if you're in the podcast app. Head over there and grab the sample. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, these questions are super helpful at bringing your true self and your biggest interests to the surface. So again, that's brandcampblog.com slash introverts at work slash sample. It's also in the show notes. And I will be happy to teach you so much more about being an introvert and bringing your flavor to life through your business. This is so much fun. I so enjoy sharing this with all of you. And I would really, really love to hear from you as you introvert it up so hard. Okay, so one more. Okay, so share your quirks. Um, Your first instinct is going to be to hide your quirks, but these babies are pure gold, okay? So ready? Sometimes I avoid watching a TV show during its regular time, so I can binge watch three or four episodes all at once a few weeks later. Sometimes I say I'm really tired, but what I mean is I don't want to take a shower because that would mean putting on makeup, which would mean leaving the house, which would mean talking to people. So I say I'm tired instead. Sometimes I eat ice cream for dinner and share it with Hermione, who's my dog. Sometimes I start reading seven or eight books at once and struggle to read for weeks, and at the point when I'm convinced I have ADHD and should really schedule an appointment with someone, I read nonstop and finish them all in a weekend. Sometimes I don't clean for a week or two so I can have the satisfaction of seeing the house go from kind of gross to sparkling all at once instead of doing that responsible incremental cleaning thing. You are probably shaking your head. The more specific I am with my quirks, the more likely they are to be universal. And if it's true for my quirks, it's true for yours as well. Start with what you find mildly to moderately embarrassing and right away. So sometimes I blank even though I should blank instead. 
Again, you're just recording quirks here. Once in a while, I'm blank when everyone thinks I'm blank. I think it's fun to blank and then blank even if no one in my family agrees. Again, this is all about people sharing their humanity, you sharing your humanity, and others will return the favor in kind. That's what it means to be a business flavor, and that's why, like, all things being equal, we do business with friends. All things being unequal, we do business with friends and people that we like. So we want to be liked and loved and adored by our clients, and the only way to do that is to have really strong opinions, likes, dislikes, and ways to connect. If we all stick to the same, like, I like to eat cake, do you like cake, yay? It is not at all as effective as saying the very specific things that we like and love and adore and bringing them out in ourselves and in our work. And that is the challenge of Introverts at Work, which starts soon, by the way. So get on this, brandcampblog.com slash introverts at work slash sample, also in the show notes. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, other things to talk about with me, I'm at brandcamponline at gmail.com, and I look forward to seeing you next time. This has been That's What She Said. I'm Kristen Kelp, and again, brandcamponline at gmail.com. Talk to me, baby. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine, while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month, on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.